Disclaimer. What you're about to hear represents the thoughts and opinions of the participants at the moment of recording. We reserve the right to change our minds. Welcome to the Welcome Podcast. This is Luis. I'm a mathematician and cryptographer. Doing research in mathematics is not as easy as some may think. It also comes with some struggles that is in any other career. In this episode, I have one of my best friends, Alan Arroyo, to talk about our own struggles and share some of our experiences. And perhaps some of you can relate in your corresponding careers. Hope you enjoy it. So the point is just to philosophize, but now in English. Of course. It's, <laughs> of course. It's quite easy. So <laughs> thank you for, for accepting coming here. Oh, no. Thanks, Luis, for inviting me. I... I guess I feel like too formal now talking because we used to almost live together. Actually, we live together, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we always talk in this slang uh, yeah. language in the Spanish. It, yeah, yeah. I kind of miss that. I kind of miss those days. Yeah, I think I miss when, I mean, I, there was a time where the only thing we ate on the nights was these uh, tacos, right? Like Yeah, like ground beef tacos with chipotle. Yeah, that was, that was. <laughs> Great time. I remember you used to say, uh, oh, we live like kings. Every day we eat <laughs> yeah. tacos and guacamole. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I really miss those days. Yeah. Some, sometimes I try to do it here, mm -hmm. but I think uh, Joy takes over. She <laughs> has a lot of power in the kitchen. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah of course. We, so we have a rule here, like with Diana. It's like... Either like one has to be the like the leader and it's like the dictator of the kitchen, right? Like, okay. Like, or, like uh -huh. and whatever that person decides has to be like that, or the person should cook alone. Yeah. So it's uh, I think it works very well. <laughs> you become just the cook help. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The yeah. pinche. The pinche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The origin of that word is kind of funny. Yeah. Good. Exactly. So I actually wanted to ask you like a, a, about a few specific things mm -hmm. related to, to, I think, between your personality and your research and kind of the things that you do, uh, because uh, you, you might be the, the right person to ask those questions. So I think the first one would be, what's your motivation for your work ethic? Because it, it seems to mm -hmm. me that out of the people I know, you're the one or one of the ones that excel in work ethic. <laughs> I don't know. Probably yeah, not. you probably have probably. you probably have like a very high standard. Pro you probably have find my nasty part of my work. Your nasty part. Uh, no. Yeah, it seems to me that you're working all the time, and at the same time you enjoy a lot. So, do you think it is part of the reason why? I mean, you've been really successful in your career, and uh, you progress a lot. So, I mean, I think what happens is that, uh, I mean, and this is sometimes not a good thing, but I think sometimes I forget to, like, differentiate between life and work. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, of course, it, it happens a lot that, like, you have, there's work that you have to do, right? Like, that you're almost, yeah. like, I mean, sending back emails or things like that. But, uh, I mean, at least so far, I have tried just to, follow the things I like and sometimes it could be for very stupid uh, reasons but also there I mean I think there have been times where I actually don't like to do something and then uh, either by me or actually Diana have 
help. So Diana is my wife. She has sometimes tell me like, what? So you just try to find whatever you like about that and focus on that. Uh-huh. One example, I guess, would be like, so when we did our PhDs, I mean, we were we did exactly the same PhD. And so one of the requirements was to uh, pass this hard exam, right? Like the, yeah, the comprehensive. Yeah, which uh, took uh, our souls from us for <laughs> some months. And I mean, at some point it was like, I, I was like, no, this is, this is, this is stupid. Like I, I'm just doing this like all the time and I hate it. Like I, I want to, <laughs> I don't know. At some point I was quite like stressed and anxious about the exam. And I think at some point I called Diana and she basically told me, you know what, why don't you quit? Like, I, I mean, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're doing this thing because you, I mean, you're there because you like that. And then I was actually kind of remembering uh, kind of the triggers that motivate me to follow the, my career path. And I was like, yeah, actually, like now I start kind of recalling more like my when I was doing my bachelor, like, yeah, I remember like I, I was talking to people and I, I, I at that time I was like, wow, like it's nice that actually I have to do an exam where what what they're testing me is actually the things that i wanted to learn before right uh-huh. so i was like yeah you know what I, I i'll just focus on like the past the things that i want to achieve and then that was super easy like actually i would say like i don't know like three or four weeks before the exam i was very happy like i was kind of more focused on on yeah and and m- more on the joy and i was like i mean it's bullshit if something happens but like i'll just enjoy and and i think many things are just like mindset of i feel like one one other obstacle like during my phd was like the writing like the writing part it's really hard you're not native speaker right and yeah i mean one thing that for some native speaker could take like i don't know half an hour for us could take like an afternoon or it depends Uh right on but i think at some point i was like really frustrated about that and and then for instance, I start looking at writing books and then I start like getting like actually engaged on like, oh, well, there's kind of an art on how to write things and like how to make stories. And so actually now it's one thing I do even not part of my job. Like I like to kind of understand the stories behind like movies and things like that. Like right. what's the ra- narrative? What is like, how do they build the characters? And then it was like, man, like this, I mean, this is kind of, I think, what have happened to me that that sometimes you just throw yourself kind of in the lake and 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 I mean it's called of course you're that like at the beginning <laughs> it's really cold but then you start like kind of enjoying some part of it and then you focus on that and I think yeah that's one of the tricks I guess I have made to myself. I remember at some point I shared with you this video by um, Conway. Yes. And and. I remember you were very motivated. It kind of, uh, mm-hmm. it, it seemed to me that you brought it up a, a few times because he, mm-hmm. well, I, I think the gist of the video was that uh, he felt a lot of pressure when he was in his mm-hmm. 20s mm-hmm. Uh, about being mm-hmm. good at, mathemat- at mathematics, being yes. a good mathematician. And uh, once he got his first result, he mm-hmm. like was relieved of that pressure. Mm-hmm. So he felt a lot better. And now he started enjoying mathematics and didn't care what other people were uh, thinking about him. And I mean, Conway was at the end 
an amazing uh, mathematician, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes. So it's like an, an example. Yeah, I, I, I think actually that video had a very big impact in, on me. Like, uh, I, I now start to remember that something actually very similar happened. Uh, this that I kind of realized it happened. Uh, so I once went to a conference. I mean, it was a conference in my topic, so the topic is crossing number, but it doesn't matter. And I kind of, I, I mean, one thing that happened a lot when you're uh, starting kind of a research career is that as a like junior researcher, I would say like nobody paid attention to you. You're like like the rat. I mean, like like yeah. nobody give a damn. And uh, I, 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 it should be in every career for sure. Like it's 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 kind of a I guess a natural human behavior of like showing power. I don't know. And one thing, one very stupid mistake that people do, or at least junior researchers do, I think, is to try to show that you deserve respect or to show that you know. And 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 you do very stupid things, like like you act like like trying to show, like yeah yeah I know this theorem or I know this thing and and I read this book, you know, like and everyone is like, come on, like we're kind of having a beer and, and it's eight p.m. and probably like my family is kind of sending me messages. Like, I mean, there's a thousand <laughs> things happening on their heads. And of course, you're like the only thing that, I mean, it's like, oh yeah, there's this guy sitting next to me, but like kind of trying to show him off about his knowledge and, and you're like, okay. But anyhow, then you start after some point, I remember I was like, you know what? Like, I, I'm going to start like not giving a damn. Instead of like going to a conference to kind of, because you go and you're like, I, I wanna like, I wanna show that I'm the best, and so that maybe I would work with them, or I will, I don't know something. But you have this idea that you have to really show your best. But then I was like, you know what? I will just go and 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 chill. Like, if, I mean, you're like usually these workshops happen in very beautiful places, and I remember, I think it was actually one happening uh so it was the first time i traveled to austria and i was like you know what like this place is beautiful i'm just gonna talk to people as if they were just like people random people and and i think that completely changed the way i actually live through conferences man like i i really i think every conference i went before and every conference i went after was completely different like it's it was like yeah like i'm just gonna go for the people not go for the content. And of course you get a lot of content that I would say most of my research actually happened during those conferences. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's I, I mean, in, in that sense, I feel like this just not having any expectation on like yourself or your work. It's like, I think a very good attitude that people can take. Yeah. And it seems to me that also, for example, in order to get collaboration with someone, other people would prefer to um, establish collaboration with you if you are um, pleasant to them. Exactly. Like if they like you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's probably in every job, but like, I feel like, at least for science, uh, pe people sell this story that to be a good scientist, you need to be kind of like a hermit or like someone that doesn't talk to anybody and like do things on your own. And I think most of the action actually happens uh, within people, like collaborative groups. Yes. I I mean, at least for me, it's been like quite important to connect 
because you not only like make research with them but also like you learn from them a lot they point you out that like the articles that maybe you look you should look at or at the research directions that people are trying to achieve something so i think science i mean should kind of gain this new label as a very social you know, like activity yeah 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 definitely i think when i tried to do research by myself Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really hard to progress. Exactly. Because at some point, you don't know if you're going crazy or, or if any idea that you have is probably um, a cul-de-sac that you don't, it doesn't lead anywhere. Exactly. Um, and when you talk to other people, you bounce ideas. First of all, it forces you to revisit the idea, mm-hmm. to kind of um, articulate it better. Mm-hmm. And the other person can tell tell you, well, probably that's not uh, doesn't sound that good. Or even if you can convince them, then uh, you convince yourself that oh, probably it's, it's actually a good idea. Yeah, uh, I, I, I actually I was able to convince them that this idea is not that bad. So probably it's actually good. Probably will lead somewhere. I admire, for example, um, Perelman or mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Wiles as well. Cause, I mean, they they seem to have. Uh, done a lot of the a big part of their research by themselves yes. and it seems to me that it takes a special person to do it uh, yes. in, in general it's not advice that you work on uh, something by yourself especially if it is mathematics yeah I, I, I mean I think also a lot depends on the project I think at least uh, personally there are projects that are more like uh, it's good to have someone to talk with and because it might be that there are many uh, issues that can arise while you're like doing it or but I think actually there are projects that it, it, sometimes it's better to have like this quiet time with yourself and like right kind of digest the issues and so it depends a lot yeah I, I think having quiet time with yourself helps you understand and put all of the uh, problem or the thing that you're working on mm-hmm. in your language in a, in a way that you understand it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- there's, there comes a point where the, you're creating something and then you have an idea. Mm-hmm. And you it, it is very easy to doubt that your idea is correct. So mm-hmm. you st- it may start circling around yes. uh, trying to find holes in it. Yes. Right? And I think that's when talking to someone else is, is, is much, yeah. uh, is very helpful. Probably if you're a leader in your area, then you know that uh, your, your argument probably has no holes. Uh, but yeah. at least for, for new researchers, it's, I think it's very, very important. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think, again, it's just that they sell you the idea that you should do the things on your own. And, but I think it's good to talk. And uh, yeah, I remember, like, uh, I think one of my, favorite topics while I was like doing my PhD. I did it when I went, I went to do an internship in Copenhagen. And I mean, the, the funny part was that I was really excited and it was these times where I couldn't sleep. Like I was like, man, like I'm, I'm really doing something very cool. Like it's the first time that something like this happens. And I was like, man, and of course, like, so sometimes I wake up and I couldn't sleep. Like, oh man, I, I actually that happens to me for even stupid reasons. But then 
and the problem was I think the issue there was that I used to bike by myself a lot so even while I was biking like because I actually need to bike to go to the uh, place I work like I biked for almost one hour like each way so it was like a lot of time like lonely and always I was like man like I want some piece of paper to write these things down but then you know like (laughs) but then just like just going like around this same idea I mean like and somehow this is a very thing I think a very mathematical thing from mathematicians that like you just go around again and again like somehow you feel like maybe if like in the 20 turn of like the same concept, you're like, maybe that something new will happen. Like maybe something new will solve this issue. Right. And, and sometimes it happens uh, and that's the worst thing, right? Like, you know that, I mean, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, like you get the idea and it happens. Sometimes you actually even dream, like you have dreams with, with the projects and, and sometimes it like, I mean, most of the time, like the stupid thing, but maybe one time works like, so you wake up and like, oh yeah, I have a better idea. And, but like, actually, most of the time it doesn't work. So it's just like, yeah. I mean, if you could summarize the real work, I mean, it would be very short. Like, it's just like this day where you were like showering and like you had like like you saw some Thailand something like remind you that Thailand. They like maybe I could do this and and that maybe it's all you need to do like to stare at this style in your like shower and. I don't know, like, <laughs> but that's that's not like the scene of a movie. Yeah, exactly. You're like staring at a tile. Yeah, and the tile starts becoming something in your exactly. mind. No, but, I mean, with. I mean, it, but but in the movie, it will end up with a great idea. Exactly. In reality, it really ends up with yeah. some other stupid idea. Yeah, exactly. And you spend one week, like your week is goes like to to trashes because you this stupid tile that was looking at you. So I mean it's I mean this is actually something that so so basically after I finished my PhD I came to Vienna to do a postdoc and uh, I mean a very interesting thing of this kind of switch of places is that the so basically I start working at an institute that it's more like it's a kind of interdisciplinary place so uh, yeah. people like it's very easy to chat with people very, from fields that are very far from you. And uh, I mean, and in Waterloo, it was basically all the time to talk with either computer scientists or mathematicians or engineers. Yeah. And so it was a very good change because, I mean, I never talked to people that did uh, like experimental research, like labs, like literally uh-huh. looking at rats and I don't know. And so I actually, when I, was doing math, I, I always had the feeling that like math was very hard in terms of like planning your life because you never know when you will get an idea or you never know, like it's very random. Like it could yeah. be, you have some idea and it kind of works for like three years. And then like out of the blue, you realize that there's a big mistake on step one and then everything goes to waste, right? And then I think the funny thing is that here, when I talk to people that is more like in life science, they have kind of a, I mean, a similar issue, which is like, they basically plan all the research. They should know all the steps, but then the outcome depends quite a lot on like the experiment and the experiment could be like, go, 
could be ring, ring but very stupid reasons. And I mean, like, I, at the beginning, I always thought, like, no, like, I mean, at least, I mean, for sure, they could get some outcome, like, they could publish something. But actually, it is really, really, I think it's a very big deal. Like, like I'm sure many brilliant scientists didn't follow their career because some stupid reason happened, like, in, during the experiments. It's quite random, I think. And it takes years. Like, it's, it's really hard. Uh-huh. So in that sense, I feel like, okay, I think maybe maybe the tile tile looking at tiles is not so bad right like it, i mean <laughs> maybe it's not it's not that bad it, because there's always another path to, to explore yeah probably. exactly and we we can change the experiment like it doesn't cost any money right or yeah yeah it, and it's, the other one uh it seems that you had to put a lot of effort to construct something and then see if it's going to work yeah but do you think exactly. it is do, do you think that's a consequence? Uh, oh, what do I want to ask? Do you think that the fact that that's a failure or that's considered a failure is a consequence of how research is, is portrayed that we, are, we kind of focus a lot of, on positive results and yeah. there's, there's, a, there's very little focus on, on negative results. That is, that is true. I think, I think it happens that even like these like outliers or things that you were not expecting could be the most interesting part of the story. And right. But at the same time, I it's it's understandable, right? Like you won't publish a paper saying, you know what? Like uh, like I tried to make this like I don't know like vaccine and it didn't work. Like I mean, who cares? Right? Like if I mean. But I mean, I think I, I know why you're asking this point, because I think in cryptography has this very special thing about sometimes uh, say what are like the negative results, because it's very useful to know what avenue not to take. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I think, it, I mean, in general, of course, it's an issue of science, like like to be so oriented to to positive results, I think, like, I mean, but do you think it might be a kind of a matter of the the person obtaining the negative result being able to transform it into probably not a positive result but a part of a narrative because the negative result itself is telling you uh, a truth from reality and if that negative result is is can be transformed into uh, can be seen in in a bigger context then it's probably just painting a reality in, in another part of that bigger context. I mean, I guess it depends a lot on the area. Like, I mean, I, I, it's hard to me, for instance, I mean, it's just thinking on mathematics, yeah. like to make a narrative of a theorem that you couldn't prove, right? Uh-huh, yeah, or... that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it, that, that's why I think crypto is a very nice exception because I think failing it's 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 a very important part. Like knowing that some way to like tackle some question on like breaking some crypto system, I mean it's of course very important. And actually it's a very important piece of information. And but at the same time it it feels that it might be a problem of how the I mean at least how the mathematics is like thought, right? Like we 
we have this ingrained uh, idea of mathematics should basically start from axioms, then you prove theorems, and theorem after theorem, you get to some result. And that that might be just, I mean, just, just a concept that it's hard to break, right? And and maybe we should, right? I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's speaking about kind of the way the mathematics is portrayed, it seemed to me that, for example, reading algebra is in writing algebra is a lot easier than writing uh geometry or uh, in, in your case uh, graph theory and i was talking with randy and uh we, i think we had this conversation that i had this idea that at some point you mentioned that writing in graph theory takes a lot longer and it, it was kind of a a complaint that you had? I don't know if it is a complaint. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But it was something <laughs> no, no, that you kind of brought up a, a, a lot of times. Uh, so do you think it's, it, it might be um, a matter of that the graph theory is behind in kind of developing a language or if, or not, not behind, but if do you think it is possible to develop a language in graph theory that makes it easier to write? I think so. I, I think actually, yeah, I, I mean, at least locally for certain uh, topics, I feel that, for instance, the writing has improved a lot, actually, over the years. Like mm -hmm. if you read a, a, an old paper, uh, it's like everyone uses their, their own notation and like it, it takes years to read even a paper. I mean, not years. I mean, it's not the hardest topic, but like, I mean, it's... But of course, it makes sense. It was the first time people write papers on that. But then I think after some, what happened is that people start making a concrete, more concrete theory and notation. And uh, so I think there were many things that get way better uh -huh. over the years. But still, I mean, graph theory or topology, well, maybe topology or geometry have this very like visual aspect. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and I think at least, one thing I would say I learned a lot in the PhD was to actually grasp this visual aspect because it's I, I think it's something that you need uh, like to become proficient on the area. It's kind of like jumping to the next level. Like you you start like basically reading word by word and trying to make sense of what people are saying, but actually you need to go a bit up like to okay I don't care about much about the details, but I need like this kind of very blurry picture but very like general of like what's going on and from there i will write the details uh -huh. and i think i think that's part of the issue i mean here's one example like this this famous theorem in graph theory that was announced to be proved like the robert it's called the robertson and seymour's graph minors theorem and it was announced to be proved on the 80s right and it took 20 years to write it up Right. And I mean, some people would complain, right? Like, how could you announce that you prove something and it takes you 20 years? It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're cheating you. But actually, it's something I think that could happen just because, I mean, you have a very rough idea of how things should work. And once you get into these little details, it becomes very, very hard to do it correctly. Yeah. But I think things have improved, and but I think also 
I mean, this hardness of like not being able to write on these topics have to do with many factors. One is like sometimes you're talking about kind of non-linear relations between objects. It's not like you do something to one thing and then you do it again. And no, it's like, well, there are like these branches, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know, it's, it's, I think the way we express ourselves are not perhaps good for like text, right? Yes. Like sometimes it's better to have this diagram and okay, like over this diagram, I can see that this happened. I need, I need now to say it, but then yeah, like you lose a lot when you're like putting, putting it down into words. And the same thing happens with many things. It's like cinema or like, I mean, anything that's visual, right? Like it's, it's basically, I would say impossible, or at least to portray, right? Like that into text. It, it, it is very hard. I, I won't say yeah. that it's impossible because uh, I think Newton was uh, able to put the, the concept of derivative yes. and integral into uh, into and it takes a while i think it takes a while for every yes. starting mathematician to grasp yes. what the relation is between mm -hmm. this a uh, very geometrical idea mm -hmm. in uh those limits right uh mm -hmm. yes but it uh, it seems to me that that was a breakthrough in in analysis and somehow mm -hmm. it might have made it easier for for analysis to progress in the, the speed that it did yeah uh, I mean, I think actually that's, uh, and this is something that maybe sounds awkward, but I think that's one of the things that mathematics contributes the most to the humanity. Because, I mean, some people focus on like, oh, would your resolve do something like for, for like the real world? Like, I mean, wh why is this useful? Yes. And sometimes it's not even the result itself, but the language that you created. And I think that's, I mean, like, that's the real, I think, kind of motivation or how do you say this? Like, like the contribution of mathematics to humanity, like the, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know how the world would be without like topologists, like they know how to describe very complicated objects or shapes in such a systematic way, for instance. Yeah. And this thing has, I mean, like, it's kind of like they created this language that's very, very systematic and useful. And now people use it for many things, like even things that you would not even think. Yeah. And that's, I think, the real contribution. I mean, nobody would pay you for creating the concept of derivative, right? Like if, if you were <laughs> Newton, I mean, what? that's not even a result. It's just like, <laughs> that is right. Here's. <laughs> so, but, but at, and it changed the world. Yeah, at the same time, right? yeah, exactly. It changed the world. <laughs> it it just, just coming up with the right definition or uh, mm -hmm. kind of the right connection between two yes. concepts or the right um, name for it. Sometimes just yeah. having the right definition of the right name changes exactly. the way that you see the uh, the problem and it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I, I think that's very under kind of estimated that this, like even the, the whole system, right, of mathematics is like, I mean, I think people appreciate good definitions, but like you won't put that in a grand proposal, right? Like, <laughs> I'll find the right definition that will, I mean, like it's, and that's the funny part, right? Like nobody will give you any, anything for creating the, the most useful part of this area, I think. Yeah. But do you think that's, uh, that's because graph theory or probably even topology are new areas in comparison to algebra and in analysis that they still need to mature? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, for instance, topology is, is, is one example that actually has gone through a lot of maturity. Like, I mean, just to give a rough idea, I mean, I, I'm not a topologist, but so I think topology started like a very, I mean, very close to analysis and like very set theoretic topic. Yes. And I think throughout the years, it actually became quite a lot algebraic. And I think actually the same thing is happening to graph theory or, I mean, some people would even say that graph theory is part of topology, <laughs> but I think actually graph theory is, or however you want to call it, it's reaching quite a lot of maturity, like in the, in the recent decades, like people talk about now, I mean, they connect with many areas, like, I mean, topology is of course very close to graph theory, but also like there's people doing things related to algebra or like, uh, I don't know, I mean, the probabilistic aspects are amazing. Like there's now, I think like there's now these trends of like looking at this new definition of graphs that it's more like a one by one square. And it's just like, I mean, they're doing very crazy things, but right. now I think it's, I mean, it started as a very, I think, simple topic, but I think it's, it's, it's again, it's more like the language. It's more like the usefulness like graph theory is very connected to algorithms so i think that's what, where the richness of graph theory comes when you connect with like oh this this is actually just like it's the language of data structures oh you know like sorting actually it's something that happens within with nodes of a tree it's not it's not a list it's a tree so and i don't know like so many algorithms that work on graphs and of course it's still perhaps we don't I mean, the graph theories haven't achieved the best language, but at least we're taking good things from other areas. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I, mean, I think it's it's just a way of thinking. It's it's not that I don't know. So, and what what do you think? Because right now you just mentioned that there are some new areas in graph theory or or new uh, ways to see graphs that kind of relate into other parts of uh, of science or other. Uh, mm -hmm. They have like a say different realizations or different applications yes but what do you think about certain areas in mathematics that kind of just happen to come up without any motivation on their own mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that sometimes there's some areas in mathematics that the only motivation is to have like a research area to to work on i think most of the mathematics i mean maybe great part of the mathematics comes more like a like a game right like people looking at certain rules and then they find like oh like how about like adding these new rules or i think it comes yeah more like a like a puzzle and and afterwards i mean i think so far most of the fields in mathematics are quite useful for for many other applications uh -huh. and i think that's i think that's what what's really funny i think every day or i don't know if every day but like there are areas that I, to be honest, I thought there were no applications. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, topology, for instance, I, when I was undergrad, I thought like, this is completely just for the imagination for, for enjoying like these shapes and like and describing them, but actually it's very useful. Like it's, I mean, at least my interpretation is that, but like they use it for data science and like they use it for many things. And it's a very like hot topic now. Right. And I think it, it, the same thing for, I mean, I don't know, algebra, like it's super useful in crypto graphs, useful in for algorithms. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I actually don't know any area I think that is useless. Yeah. I think um, number theory was like famous in Gauss's research that 
it will be his his area of research that he didn't think he will have any applications and now it just happens to be one of the most applicable areas in mathematics right exactly i mean the funny thing is i still i think i still there think there are mathematicians believing that it doesn't have applications like well i mean we're so, we're so unconnected i mean i think yeah yeah if if <laughs> if, if, it is, if someone thinks that number theory has no applications then you need to live under a rock <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> to believe that so so you think there is some usefulness in kind of developing mathematics just for the sake of it well i mean of course i i think there are limits like otherwise people could study just the empty set right like for <laughs> the sake of and and also i think there's also this 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 blurry line of what's mathematics and i mean of course it's you can define it as like I mean, you define some axioms or you define some logic system. But like, I mean, there are things that are actually very like mathematical, like chess or right. I don't know if philosophy or, I mean, of course, it's not mathematics. You can define, make a definition that does not include them. But I think, for instance, solving Sudoku's feels very much like solving some problem in some area. Uh-huh. And some people get money for maybe solving such, like problems in one area and people, some people don't get money, right, for solving Sudoku's. So, I, I mean, right now, I think the state of the art, like, or the system, how it works is like, you have to work on some area that important, whatever that means, people works and, and you get funding if you're like one of the best. Yeah. But, I mean, it happens actually that from time to time, there's this outlier that was not even a mathematician that proves some theorem. I think it happened to me at least once when I was PhD, was this guy that I think was doing more like bioinformatics, but he likes a lot, like some problem from graph theory. And then after many years, I mean, I think it was kind of his hobbies and he solved it. And I think, I mean, that mathematics are very important, but also like it, many things are very important. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> no, I th- I think I think it's it's true, um, because at some point I had this kind of rant. I don't know. I, I was a little bit upset for the fact that I, I saw several areas in in math coming out that didn't have any sort of connection, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, it, it didn't seem to me that they had a lot of motivation. And I see. And I had some several discussions back in the day when I was. That moment, I wasn't undergrad, so I wasn't really experienced in research. So I had this discussion with people. Said, "Why, why are you guys studying this? It seems to me that uh, something that has applications on something that has no applications, it has no <laughs> applications <laughs> in general." <laughs> yeah. So, and and I still think that probably as professional mathematicians, uh, we can pursue those problems, but we should contribute with something else. Not, not, not mm-hmm. just uh, kind of expected to be supported by society, just so that we can pursue our artistic passion, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. But at, but at the same time, I think it's in a way it's perhaps worth it to pursue that artistic passion. Uh, it it is a bet. It is a bet. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, like I think it's. I think you're right. Like, I mean, for sure, many things that mathematicians are doing won't be leading to cure cancer right but but this is i think is is a 
It's more like the corpus. I mean, and this is something that actually is very annoying about how science is portrayed in, let's say, movies. Or, because it's always like there's this person that has this idea and like that idea changed the world. Like, and I don't think that actually had happened. It was more like this person was chatting with other people and like they had these crazy ideas and one of them kind of discovered the the tweak they they needed but i think that's why a lot of actually discoveries happen independently Uh because they were very close and and like there was some discussion that probably led to the thing and i think the issue is that many of the i mean the hard part is that many of the good mathematics uh or at least the one many of them that has kind of been useful has been developed without any motivation at all and uh, or maybe the motivation was more like mathematical like it was more like about understanding something very fundamental and i think that's where the difference is like i mean of course there's no good definition of what is fundamental but i feel like I, I, and I think you you always have to question yourself. What I'm doing is useful or like what could be the consequences? And I think that's where you can distinguish between like, I mean, as you said, like sometimes you're studying like the tiny spot inside this little tiny spot. Is, I mean, it's something that nobody cares, right? Like, and yeah, I, I feel like many of the things we're doing are no useful, but, and I think also, one thing that is not so good is that sometimes there's this big split between what's practical and what's impractical. And many people is proud of doing the impractical. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, or at least, uh, at least that's one thing that I, I mean, seen some, in some mathematical circles. But I think actually, I mean, at least my experience talking with very amazing mathematicians they actually don't look at that. Like that stupid barrier doesn't exist for them. Like, like that I've seen people that like work in very abstract matrix theory. And then they actually start thinking, Oh, maybe there's this, like, maybe we can actually use this new thing to do some, uh, to do some code theory or like, they were like very like, Oh, this, this maybe it's applicable. And I think that's, I think this is, I mean, the, the spirit that we should follow, like to have this, okay, like I want to like study this problem just because I like it, but from time to time, like have this like divergence, like, oh, how about like, how about like this, like, or how about, I, th- I think that would be a very, I mean, at least a healthy way to, to change uh, at least this issue of like just focusing on one problem and like not giving a damn of the real world, Mm -hmm. like having these little encounters with other things. And I think, I think, I mean, very great people, like at these high levels, I've seen it at least tried people talking to other people or. Do you think that there is uh, a need of more people that have kind of this experience with the theory and the practice? I mean, because there's, there seems to be uh, a lot of material developed in the in the kind of uh, dark parts of mathematics uh and then a lot of need for new tools in the uh kind of applied Mm -hmm. math right but is there enough people kind of that talk the two languages 
that that are able to kind of retrieve those ideas or that material that is in the dark cloud mm -hmm. into uh, into the applied world. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I I think one has to be careful because also the applied world is very, at least what I think I know, it's very pragmatical. Like yes. like yes, uh, right? Like you want to deliver a product and. I mean, I don't care how you do it, just do it, right? Like, and I, I mean, I actually think it's a good thing to learn. But also, like, if you follow this philosophy, you would never achieve uh, big projects. I mean, I think it's like difference between a good movie and a bad movie. Like, good movie, it's a personal project that the director really wanted to do and took like years to plan everything. And sometimes there's these like blockbusters that like, Kind of follow some script and they actually choose the people that work there but like it's it's completely out of soul and i mean i think i think that's i think in some sense why academics is like it's it's to have people focusing on things that sometimes lead to good places and usually i mean most of the progress happens there or it could be that just cultivates good people and then they could go somewhere else I mean, every, you get you get a lot, I think. So, but yes, it, I think it, it would be good. I think there's a lot of potential on on bridging between yes. uh -huh. uh, industry and and I think I think that's it's actually a shame. Like there's so much uh, potential. Like I at least I mean we're from Mexico and I felt like there was so many good people and kind of no bridge between good people and like you know like the industry or like ngos or like anything like yeah we can go on the mexican rant at some point uh <laughs> <laughs> yes but we need tequila we need for tequila that, for that yeah because there's there's a lot of things to rant about yes if, if we just keep it on on the international part it's <laughs> oh yeah no i mean i think i i mean i i think when it's not Mex i mean like many things that Happen in Mexico, I think, repeat everywhere. Like I, yes, that is true. I mean, I think one topic that we used to talk a lot was that this, like, I mean, I think it's related to what you asked me, is this, like, niche or clicks that in research, basically people in some places, they study a topic and then they don't go out of it. Like, uh -huh. they basically just study that and then they kind of replicate like previous work and they just like mix it in a different way and sell it in a different way and and you can live decades right like that or you publish a, a paper yeah. with an open problem at the mm -hmm. end and then exactly. your colleague yeah. goes and over, solves your problem publishes yeah. another paper with an open up yes. another open problem that, that you go and solve yeah. yeah but 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 i think i mean i think that's like this human part of this science and that's okay but as, at the same time I feel like even though, I mean, I mean, it's very hard, right? To publish something new, completely new. Oh, yes. So that's, I think, the hard part of the system, right? Like that simultaneously is asking you to produce, right? Uh -huh. Like we need the product. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you're paying it with quality. Like you're paying it by having like remix right? of of previous ideas with maybe some improvements. Yeah. And then you don't pay attention to maybe the big things that are there. That That is true. So, so what would be the middle point where 
I don't know, you, you still become productive and you still uh, show or justify your salary as mm -hmm. a researcher in your position, but it just it, you are satisfied with what your product is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that you just output four or five papers a year that are meaningless. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say because, of course, each area has its own like singularities. But, I mean, I recently heard a very interesting story about someone that Basically, so usually people, I think when they hire someone in academia or like, I mean, the easy thing to do is to basically count the number of publications. Yes. And yeah, and I recently heard about someone that actually basically throw to waste that list and just ask for like the papers that the person consider are important. Uh -huh. And basically the decision of, of the recruiter was based on like, basically look at the papers and they start reading them. And it's like, oh yeah, this work is worthwhile. And it's kind of, I, I think, I mean, when, when I heard that story, I was like, wow, this is really the best thing. Like yeah. on one hand, the person is trying to actually give you what it, that person thinks is the uh -huh. best, right? And on the other hand, the other person can have a, I say. they can know you, right? By looking at, at your work. Yeah. But of course, it's impractical, right? Like if you think about doing that for, I mean, right now, I think for PhD or for some academic positions, I mean, there are like hundreds of people applying to one of them. Yeah. Right? So I think in that sense, I think we're losing a lot. Like the fact that academia careers, it's becoming so soulless, like people is rushing and people don't stop, right? To, to appreciate what's happening. Well, at least that's one feeling that I think every, I, I mean, I don't think I'm the only one that has that feeling that it's really, yeah, you're losing focus. And I think for the middle point, one thing that also I think one learns when, when you start like working on this is that, I mean, you would never have time for even 10% of what you want to do. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you're kind of like more like a, I don't know, like a you have to decide manager. Uh, you're like a managing for like you're managing like something that you need ten hands and you <laughs> like just have to. That's that. Not really. I mean, like you go to sleep and like man, I did ten percent of what I wanted to do every day. Like that's that's academia. And at some point, you actually start like filtering out the things that you really want or the things that will give you better career prospects or whatever. Like whatever is your goal. And I think that's also a very important step, like to, and I think I, my feeling is actually that many of the experienced researchers are very good at kind of knowing how to say no, like, I don't want, I, I might not, I don't have time to work in this project. I would be very happy to review it, but I don't have time or, yeah. or I don't want to work in this project. And that's, and that's something actually you don't hear uh, this. I haven't here like. I don't remember hearing it like someone maybe yes but like someone basically saying you know I, I don't think I have time like I, I, I don't I mean I, I like it a lot but like I'm working 10 things at the same time there are these 10 things and these are my priority because I really like them yeah but it's it's hard to take that step I think yeah it is you just get ghosted I think <laughs> yeah no and, and there's a lot of I think there's a lot of politics also like I mean, I remember last, I think last year I reviewed 11 papers, something like that. 
And many of them, I were like, no, I have to put a limit. Like I don't have time to review papers. Yeah. And at some point I was like, yeah, like if they send me from this conference more than, I don't know what amount, of, I think it was, I don't, I won't review more than two because I have reviewed, I'm tired. Like I want to work, <laughs> Do you own thing? but then, yeah. but sometimes I mean, I remember you get like two very nice, I was like very happy, like, wow, this is, I, I'm really glad that I got these two papers for reviewing. And then I was like, so happy. Like now, now I can say no happily. Like I have my load, like, you know, and then I got uh, sometimes, some days afterwards an email saying like, you know, I need your help. And it was someone that I really had to do it because it was, I mean, I was literally writing emails every, I mean, it was a very important person at that time. Huh. Uh, like someone that you could not say no. It's like your, <laughs> your friend, is is your colleague and possibly your co-worker. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it was, I mean, I think I'm, probably take it too personally in the sense that I don't want to disappoint my friends, right? Like, <laughs> so I took, yeah, I took more than I could. And I, I, I mean, like... And the, those are the times that you have to work over, over time. You have to work over time all, all the time. Yeah. I, and that's, I think, goes back to what you said, right? Like, what makes you keep going is because you just start, like, forgetting the boundaries of, like... Life and work. What's work, what's yeah. life. And, I mean, that's sometimes very bad. I feel like Actually, I mean, it, it's funny because I felt at, at least my feeling was that in Canada, there was no boundary. Like, basically, you feel bad about not working in your free time. Yes. Which is a bad thing. It seems to me that that's a thing about academia. But I think it's a thing. But you know what? I think it's, or at least my feeling was that it doesn't happen here as much as in, in North America. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I think, I think, I think there's a different it's a, it's a uh, cultural difference. Culture. Uh, at least for academia, or at least in where the place I work, uh -huh. I mean, people work, work surely works. I mean, like when they need deadlines, sure, like they are. Yeah. But also, and I think it's not just the fact that they rest for the weekends. <laughs> but I think it's, I think the most important part, and that changed the game completely, is that people is proud about having some other thing to do. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like here, they are like. Oh, what you did for the weekend? And like, oh, I was like, I went to ski or I went for hiking. I, it's like they're like super proud that they have some time to do something out of the like work. Yes, I was like, I was shocked by by that attitude because in in Canada and Waterloo it was completely opposite. Like, people were proud of sleeping at the office. People <laughs> were proud of staying on the weekend. I mean, we once met. We once met at uh, seven in the morning and uh, on, on a the Sunday. In the and I think we were proud about that. <laughs> and that changed. I mean, that. I mean, my mind when I came here was like, wow. Like I remember there was something called the weekend. Yeah. And you don't have to think about work. But you know, it seems to me that that changed. Uh, that changed a lot after I graduated. I feel a lot more relaxed now. Yeah, I take my I weekends. Know what you mean. I think my weekends has, I mean, the time that I do or uh, I like doing or I pursue uh, like my hobbies or something. I spend more exactly. time with uh, with Joy and, and Dog. Uh, so yes, it seems to exactly. me that it's probably a, a syndrome of being a PhD student. <laughs> it could be. The, the people work uh, 
all the time and you are expected to do it. Yes. It, even how deadlines are laid out. Mm -hmm. The deadlines yeah, are laid yeah. out for the weekends, Monday. right? For for Sunday yes. evening. So they expected yes. that you'd put all of your weekend time on yes. marking or on writing assignments. And mm -hmm. as a consequence, you don't have any free time. Yeah. And I think it's very unhealthy. And also I think it's yes. not very good for the productivity part. At least I think actually most of the best things I ever done in terms of research has like happened in environments that are not like the usual one I had. Like it was more like in some conference or in some trip or in some internship. Uh -huh. I think it has to do a lot with letting the mind rest for, for some bit. time. And it, it doesn't make sense, but like it, I, I think you need some something like yeah i think that might be a matter of personality uh, it seems to me that the the most productive times i've had personally has been when i kind of grind it out uh and i put a certain amount of hours every day into something uh, mm -hmm. yeah but exactly. a day of rest at least one day of rest is very essential if yeah, you don't have exactly. that day of rest when you're doing intellectual work yeah. you get burned out very quickly exactly yeah at least it was a big big change to me to move from waterloo like i kind of remember me i mean like i even have like a different kind of i feel more like i was before going there <laughs> like, <laughs> my soul came back yeah the I, mexican version of you came back yeah probably yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i completely understand that i completely understand that it's probably something that we could suggest to new students because I don't think it's a problem only of, of, of in the university we went to. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that it's a more general problem uh, in in grad schools. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't know if, if it is all throughout the world, but at least in North America, it seems to me that this that's very spread out. Yeah, and it could be also the work culture. I don't know, like in other areas, if also you have to do things on weekends. I think every work you have to do it if. Maybe if there's some big deadline, but like if there's no nothing, like please rest yeah, and yeah. forget about this work and these emails and and this shit that is happening. Just forget it. It will be solved by Monday, right? Yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to this. Yeah, when um, it's not necessary to grind it out, then you should take a rest yeah. without feeling guilty. Yes, <laughs> and I think it's good for the project. It's good for you, and. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 also hard to see. I mean, once you are out of the pot, right? Like you, I mean, we're in a pot, and and you see all the people doing the same. You have to do it. Like it's yeah. You feel like you're behind. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Well, seeing that you're doing something different makes you feel that you're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it happened at least. I mean, here's I mean here's here was our life a few years ago, like. I kind of tell you, oh, how about like we go to some cafe and we work there all day? I mean, at least we had yeah. we went to a different place, but like really, yeah. our, our our plans were more like let's meet somewhere and start working and work and in a cafe in a coffee shop. Yeah, and that that was our leisure time. <laughs> that was our leisure time, like our 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 joy moment. Yeah, the day, like or even go to the office. I mean, I I don't think I mean to be honest, I think I don't regret about anything with it. Like actually i really enjoy it like i even enjoy it to have to go on the weekends because it was it was really kind of all what i had like these projects and like write it down and like i i think 
I think I'm still like that. Like I, every day I wake up and think I want to do this or read this. Like uh -huh. every day I still have this Waterloo thing. Like the Waterloo mindset. <laughs> yeah, the Waterloo. But then you forget it, right? Like you start like enjoying the day. And But I, I don't think, I mean, I think also the opposite can be bad. Like to have this aversion to work. Like yeah. I think, or at least uh, so far, all the works I have or have are very enjoyable like i usually ask myself like why they pay me for doing this so i could do it for free like i mean like of course i need to eat but like, <laughs> I, i need food but like i think many of the things i do are like i'll do it for free like it's just yeah yeah if you have a if you develop aberration to work mm -hmm. then it means that you're not enjoying what you're doing and you should probably be doing something else but it's also hard like you i mean i think it's in general hard to ask people Well, you should enjoy cleaning toilets and like, but, that is but true. also, that is true. I mean, I, I think I once read in a book, I mean, that basically, I don't know, they asked some, some, someone that uh, actually was a janitor and that person said that it was very happy actually with her life or his life because uh -huh. that person felt that actually was working in a very important organization. And I mean, it's part of the chain and it's a very important part of the chain. Yeah. And I, I actually think many of the jobs that look like kind of bad or I think they, there's a lot of joy. Like, I mean, maybe you're dealing with clients and you know, you get the opportunity to know a lot of people from many places or whatever. Or I mean, of course, there are things that you don't want to do, right? Like, but as I said, maybe you can find, I mean, I, I, I also don't like this super positive thing that like you should smile all the time. Of course not. Yeah, no, yourself. No. But I think you can find some joy. Maybe you start looking at people's clothes and say, like, maybe I will count how many people wear red or blue and I'll see if there's a trend. <laughs> or I mean it's super stupid, but like I I don't know. Like I remember when and I, I used to be in uh, my undergrad, I would spend my free time uh, helping my dad in mm -hmm. the workshop. And when I started going, it was not a pleasant mm -hmm. thing. Because he he's very you know he's very strict yes. very kind of and it's your dad <laughs> it's very so, hard it's my so. dad so you have to obey uh, so it it was it wasn't very mm -hmm. pleasant but at some point I kind of developed that taste for you know doing mm -hmm. manual work and it seems to me that when you become good at doing something even if I don't know it do doesn't seem to be the like the work that is going to change mm -hmm. the world. Uh, But at the same time, you're becoming good at it. That in itself brings yeah. you joy and makes you uh, makes you enjoy what you're doing. And I think by the end, I used to like a lot going to the workshop and kind of feel a little bit of uh, when I felt useful yeah. and yeah. <laughs> that I wasn't just uh, being a, a mantenido. Yeah. <laughs> spoiled, <laughs> spoiled children. Living, living yeah. for free. No. Spoiled. <laughs> living for free at oh, home. Okay. Spoiled child. Completely agree. Yeah. I think I, I took a, a while of oh, your no, time it's already. It's a pleasure and amazing to talk with you again. Uh, and yeah, I really miss you. Yeah. I really miss you. I, I actually would like to do this again. It's super nice. Like We can talk about yeah. a different topic. We we have to do at some point one in Spanish where we rant about the Mexican government. Oh. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing uh, we can talk about. <laughs> 
<laughs> it seems to me that uh, we we have to. I feel a sense of of obligation to to speak out my speak my mind out. Yeah. Like I I know you're on on another side of the political spectrum than I am, so <laughs> that that even helps yes. helps the conversation I, I, go I put it in in balance, right? Yeah, yeah. It would put it in balance. Like because I don't know if my my opinions or my ideas are complete or correct at all. Yeah, so exactly. That, that would be nice. Ah uh, well, thank you very much, Anna. Thanks, thanks, Luis. Okay, bye. Bye.